When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to the newest Bowerman babe, Sinclair Johnson. She just recently joined the squad, moved to Portland, and I'm really excited about that, selfishly, to have another friend in town. And she's a 403, 1500-meter runner. She got fourth at USA's last year in the 1500, so close to making it to the World Championships in Doha. But she's a young buck, and she has so much going for her, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. As you guys know, I've been using Green Chef and I absolutely love it. Meal plans include paleo, plant-powered keto, and balanced living. And lately I've been using the balanced living one just because it fits my lifestyle best and it makes cooking super easy. Recipes include pre-made measured sauces, dressings, and spices. So you can get more flavor in less time. And this is super nice for me because I am known to cook very simply. But, you know, when the ingredients are pre-measured and just given to me, of course my meals are going to be spiced up a little bit more. And that's what I love about Green Chef. Always makes my meals a little bit tastier than than something I would make on my own. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Green Chef literally saves me so much time week after week. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and I love switching between the brands for my taste change or when I want to eat a little bit differently from month to month. So I highly recommend Green Chef to anyone that's looking to spice up you know, their meal routine or just want something super convenient and easy and they're looking to eat a little bit healthier. Highly recommend. If you're interested, use code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew80 to redeem and for more details. That's code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month, plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew80 to redeem. Now let's get straight into the episode. Sinclair, welcome to the the podcast. Um, to get started, can we get a little rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah, uh, so I'm Sinclair. I am now with the Bowerman Track Club. I specialize in the 800-1500. Um, I, I don't even know what else to say about myself. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I do. Um, just newly, newly joined, um, looking for hobbies, so... I was gonna yeah, ask you during this episode. That. I was gonna ask you any hobbies <laughs> that we come up with. I think what was it last week? I weekend? mean, I like <laughs> last week we were talking yeah, about how we, we don't have any hobbies. That. Yeah, um, trying to get into like reading more a little bit. Um, oh. I do like being outside, so like hiking and biking, um, which is nice to be in Portland now because that stuff is super accessible. Um, but other than that, I'm not that interesting. I don't have any like creative hobbies. I wish I did. Cause oh, you're be really selling, you're really like, selling yourself. Or I can paint. I know. Oh, right? Like yeah. this chick is boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not boring at all. I feel like every runner is like that. It's like when running is your life, you'd, especially when you were in school, it's like school running. That's, <laughs> that's basically that's it. true. Yeah. Maybe a little social life yeah. if you can fit it in there. Um, how have you liked yeah. Portland so far? I absolutely love it. Like, I feel like I've been really lucky too because the weather's been nice since I moved here. Um, so I haven't gotten that, you know, typical Portland rain, but 
I just like, I've never really like lived in a city too. Um, so it's been fun, like living in the heart of the city and just having like so much at my disposal just to go to coffee shops and restaurants. Um, and then just having like a team now has been a lot of fun. Um, just makes like the grind and the work and the day to day so much better. So, um, I'm enjoying it so far and seems like there's like a good and too, like, it's nice to know there's like a bunch of other people, you know, around my age too, like you and your whole group of friends too. So it's cool to have so many people from different places and stuff, um, be here. So. Yeah. What made you move? Cause you live in the city of Portland, but a lot of yeah. runners like for Nike live in Beaverton. Why, why'd you move to the city opposed to Beaverton? Um, so when I visited here last year, uh, some of the women that lived in the Northwest area um, of Portland, they basically told me, they're like, yeah, a lot of us either tried to like were initially moved to Beaverton and then ended up out here. And then even talking to like Carissa too, who lived in Beaverton at the time and now is in the Northwest area, she likes it a lot more. Um, and so I think knowing myself too, I probably would have been down here a lot anyways. So it just made more sense to live here and then commute out to Nike, which I say commute, it's like a 15 minute drive, which is not even that bad. It's and not bad meet, at all. No. And we only meet for practice twice a week. Like the other days I'll go to Nike to run with some of the women, but I don't really mind it because it's like I don't really have anything else to do during my day. Um, yeah. So driving 15 <laughs> minutes is really not that bad. Yeah, considering um, it's your job, I guess a 15-minute commute isn't too bad a couple times a week. Exactly. Yeah, and then living here too, I'm like I can walk to the grocery store. I can like walk to dinner. And so really like the only time I'm driving, I guess, is when I'm going to Nike. Yeah. So. It's so convenient. I, I like love living in like, I guess downtown. I don't even know. Yeah. It's not in the greater vicinity of Portland. It's like actually in the city. It's just so convenient. There's so many good shops and little things. I mean, everything's a little bit weird right now. You can't, you moved at a I weird know. time, but I know that's the only bummer. I'm like, I want to see the city like at its normality, you know, but yeah, I mean, there still seems like to be a lot of people out and about. There no, are, yeah, it's of- definitely opened up a bit since, like, I mean, March or March to May. There was, like, no one out on the streets. But I feel like everywhere now, people are starting to be more out and about. So it is yeah. more, like, normal, I guess you could say, but still not normal. Have you yeah. been able to explore much at all beyond the Northwest? Um, not really. Um, I feel like other than Northwest and then Beaverton area, I haven't been able to – I haven't really found the time to, to go out and explore more. Yeah. I did actually go to the coast, like the first week I was here, because my mom was here. Um, so we nice. went to Cannon Beach. So I guess we did explore a little bit, um, which was cool. And then um, just spend, I go to Forest Park a lot, uh, either to run or I've been trying to like do a short little hike like once a week. So um, that's been fun too, but. Yeah, I feel like there's like, and also being here too, there, you have like access to a lot of state park or not even state parks, like national parks, which I think is really cool. So hopefully um, in the future, I'll be able to like, you know, go to some of these like, like Cascades um, and Crater Lakes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So how are you going to like get used to the weather? Are you, do you deal well with rain or is it something that you're going to have to adjust to? Um, honestly, that will probably be an adjustment. Um, I like from growing up in Florida, I was like sunny basically all the time. Um, and then even in Oklahoma where I went to school, it was sunny most of the time. The winters though got really, really cold and super windy and Mm. we would have a lot of ice and snow. So I'm like, at least I won't have that element of a weather you know here yeah Um, so I think like with the rain I guess as long as it doesn't happen like on a workout day I say that I won't mind it I'm sure like there will be at times where I'm like oh it's raining again you know but I think for the most part it's like I guess it is what it is and you know I think only being here really like in the fall um and then a couple months into the winter and then by January 1st we're like going to altitude Oh yeah. Um, and in a regular year be racing. So it's like, I won't really be here for a huge chunk of the rainy season. 
Um, so hopefully it'll be manageable. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I think you'll be fine. I mean, I came from Oregon, I came from California and I like, you get used right. to it, you know, you just get used to the rain pelting your eyes, <laughs> even on the workout days. Like, I feel like it's kind of a bonding experience, especially when the weather's really yeah. bad. I'm sure you've had it too. When you were in Stillwater, if the weather's really bad and you're just like bonding with the teammates, you know, <laughs> going through the misery yeah, together. Just complaining about how much it sucks. Yeah, I guess like having other people go through the same thing too is like that's a little bit comforting. <laughs> yeah, were you living in Stillwater the whole time before this? Because you had a gap year, right, from when you mm-hmm. graduated until you moved here. Yeah, so I after my junior years when I uh, gave up the rest of my eligibility and signed with Nike, um, but I stayed in Stillwater for another year because I was still finishing my degree. Um, so I was there training under my college coach, but I wasn't on the team. Um, and obviously still doing school. Um, so, but I feel like that year was crucial for me to have, I don't know, to kind of wrap my mind around like the next step and like being a professional athlete, I guess. Um, and it was nice to have a little bit more of like, a more of like familiarity, like just something that's, cause obviously like I had signed a professional contract, but like I was still in the same um, place. And so I think that was like important for me to have. Um, so the timing was just really ideal, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That's like a big decision to make to forego like your last season of eligibility how was it really hard for you to decide to, yeah. <laughs> to do that? Because one, if like you're offered a good contract, it's like, obviously you don't want to give it up, but then could you be offered more, you know, in the future, if you like have another good year? Um, so was that a hard decision for you? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like too, like the argument was like, well, if you go back to school and you know, you defend your title or you break the NCAA record, like you could be, um, offered more, but then it's also on the other hand, it's like, well, if you don't take this offer now, like you could be injured next year and that contract may not even be there. Um, so I think it was like a huge, like, you know, what if, and like, I felt like I talked to, I can't remember. Oh, I talked to Alexa Abramson just because mm-hmm. like she was offered super, super early. And I was just like trying to get an idea of like, how did you even decide to take that next step? And how did you like know, um, to do that? And she told me she was like, honestly, and something that will like stick with me forever. She's like, I just felt like you need to strike when the iron's hot. And I was like, I, at that, that summer, I was like basically at my hottest, you know, like at my highest potential at the time. Um, and I just felt like after, especially after USA's when I had gotten fourth in the race, like I felt like, okay, this is the level that I'm competing at now. Like this is the level I belong at. Um, and I felt like it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to go back to school at that point. Um, having my race at USA is where I got fourth. I think it just made a lot more sense, uh, to me to, um, sign professional. Cause I'm like, okay, I am capable at racing at this level now. Um, and that's where I felt like I was supposed to be. And I definitely felt like if I went back to school, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So that was basically my decision. It definitely was hard. It was going back and forth all summer. I'm like, I don't know if I should, if I shouldn't, like I still had, you know, two, like two years technically of eligibility. Um, so, but obviously like given this past year, I definitely could not have made a better decision. Um, yeah. Which none good- of us could have foresaw that happening at the time. Yeah. But I mean, in hindsight, like it's just, it's, really crazy how timing works (laughs) I know was it like a hard decision with your coach was was like your school kind of influencing you in any way or were you just kind of like deciding for yourself yeah um my coach is definitely a big factor and I felt like after NCAAs he of course wanted me to come back to school um it was like a huge recruiting tool and just to have me like around the team as well um, and obviously scoring points. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause you know, that's what, that's what gets him his bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I feel like though for a while I was just like trying to decide for myself and trying to block out. Cause I had 
agents talking to me and then, you know, other people that had graduated and been in similar situations talking to me about their decisions and then my coach telling me and then professional coaches talking to me. So it was like so many different, um, so many different opinions and so many different people telling me different things that it was hard to like kind of weed out, okay, who has like a vested interest in me going back to school or going pro and kind of like making that decision for myself. But he was a very, very big advocate and trying to get me to come back to school um, and fought really, really hard. Um, But I think at the end when I was like, honestly, this is what my heart's telling me to do. This is what I want to do. I think he was very accepting of it um, and kind of had to be like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess this is what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, it's always good when your coach supports you either way. Obviously the coaches are going to pull for you staying at in the NCAA. I mean, any, any coach is really going to do that. Um, But it's nice that you could like have him as a coach for the next year after that, just to kind of, were you still like training with the team too? Yeah. Um, for the most part, like it was weird because obviously the season lasted so long last year. Um, so I was like taking a break in August and that at that point, you know, the team was getting back together and they're training for cross country season. So fall didn't really line up. I did a lot of workouts by myself. Um, but then come time for spring semester, uh, do you know who Hannah Fields is or heard of Hannah? Yeah. Fields? Yeah. I've heard of her. Yeah. So she moved back to, um, Oklahoma with her husband. She like left Brooks Beast. And, um, I was training with her like all spring and summer, which was super helpful just to have at least one other person. Um, because there were a lot of workouts, like once I started getting fitter that like, I didn't really match up with the college team on. Um, so having her there to like push me during those, those other workouts was really, really nice. Um, but it was so weird. It was like trying to navigate my role on the team. Like I'm here, but I'm not. Hey guys. Yeah. Hey guys. It's like, Hey guys, I kind of left you, but I'm still here, you know? So that was super challenging. And I felt like I had a lot of anxiety and stress that I had never dealt with before in my life in the fall. Um, just like navigating the whole change and just navigating like what my role, like, like I was saying earlier and just like, I don't know. I felt like, okay, I'm a professional athlete now. Like I have to do everything right. And it's like, well, how did I get here? Like I wasn't doing everything right, you know, essentially to get here. And like, why do I need to change completely? So it was, it was a good learning experience. though for me, I felt like I had to go through something like that to appreciate where I am now. Yeah. That's such an interesting perspective because you're still in school but now you're also, you're, so you're still doing college, but now you're also a professional athlete. And I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't have that experience because most people go professional when they're done with their eligibility. So mm-hmm. because a lot of the professional runners I talk to talk about how like the lifestyle kind of change or the lifestyle stays the same from like college to professional, but without the school, but yeah. you were doing it with the school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was nice though. Cause it kept my mind busy and I had something else to do. Um, but now that school's done, I'm like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> like, don't have to I, worry about tests while you're like traveling yes. the world, being like, oh yep. my gosh, I have an exam tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and just like the pointless homework and just studying. I'm just like, those are like the I enjoyed going to class and like learning new things, but the stuff outside of class, I was just so not interested in. Got to answer the discussion board. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. For like an intro to gender studies class. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, (laughs) this is nothing to do with what I'm going to do or, you know, and especially sitting in those classes too. My senior year was so funny because most of the professors are like, oh, you know, like you need to get ready to like, you know, have a career and you need to market yourself and you need to do this and that. I'm like, yeah, I already have a job. Like I am not interested in any of this. (laughs) I already have a job and it entails pushing my body to physical limit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Funny. What did you major in? Um, economics. Oh, smart yeah. girl. Okay. People say that all the time. I'm like, I don't know if maybe it was just like the program at Oklahoma State, but I'm like, it was really not that challenging. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Well, you I was, really have to be a genius. <laughs> I was a, I was a business major, and I okay. could not understand econ for the life of me. Like it was, 
accounting for me was better than econ. Econ, I could not understand. Like, there was too many things that were like, yeah, I don't know. They go like one way. Like, there's one thing off. Like, you have a multiple choice answer, and there's like one little thing is different. I'm like, I can't tell the difference. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't grasp it with my little pea sized brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like theoretical math too, because like there's obviously a math component in it, but then it's also like theory and. So that's why I like it, but I can understand why I'm like, most people don't like it and I totally get it. So well, it's like that in accounting. Did you ever do accounting too? Yeah. I had to do accounting. I hated accounting though. (laughs) I didn't like accounting or econ. I liked marketing. (laughs) Marketing. See, I didn't like marketing. I'm like, Oh, my brain doesn't work in that way though. Like my brain's so much more like number oriented. Yeah. But accounting was just like very boring though. Accounting was, oh, I, I give a lot of credit to accountants because I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. First of all, I was really bad at it and it was very tedious, but it is. Um, do you see yourself like becoming a, what do you even do with an econ degree? Honestly, you can do a lot. Like there's, I mean, there's people that like go to law school after econ, but then like, I would say a lot of people are like probably in, in data analytics um huh. with with a with an econ degree um so i have no idea what i really want to do um or if i even want to do something with that yeah um i feel like that's i always say like i just i want to do i don't want to work like a 9 to 5 desk job and i don't want to do something where i feel like is work so whatever that is after running, I don't know. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, you don't need to know right now considering yeah, you like, like just have some time, have some time to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You're still, you're really young. How old are you? 23, 22. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. How does it feel to be like so young surrounded by, I mean, you have like Carissa who's young too on your team, but yeah. you're definitely yeah. the young, the young bucks to the scene. No, definitely. Like I, we were uh, all sitting around on the turf field at Nike the other day and uh, Woody was playing Backstreet Boys and they were all like singing along and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am, I'm like too young. I was not old enough. Like I wasn't into music then to even know, like, I mean, I know the Backstreet Boys, but like, it wasn't like, they're like talking about, oh, that's like my childhood and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> no, but um, so it is, it's kind of cool though. Cause I feel like there's so much less expectation that I have of myself that I'm so young and being surrounded by so many people that have been in the sport for a long time and have gone through, you know, multiple, like making multiple national teams um, and just have done big things too. I think it's cool to have those mentors and have those role models. Um, But I feel like everyone seems so young at heart that I don't feel like so young, you know, like I can still relate to basically everyone on some sort of level. I don't feel totally like a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How has uh, the training switch been? Because I know a lot of people, I mean, I've had, feel like every single Bowerman yeah. girl on this podcast already, but from the ones that I have talked to, they said that there's like a distinct shift, I guess, or like a little bit of a time period they need to adjust to. Definitely, training. yeah. How's it been? Um, so this is, I just finished up week three. Um, so it's been, it's been challenging for sure. I think more so just like, I'm not used to the volume of the workouts. Like usually my tempo workouts would be anywhere from like four to six miles. Whereas now it's like, they get all the way up to 10 miles. Like yesterday, I think like Shelby, Carissa, Vanessa and Lisa got like nine miles of work. Um, so it's like, and also too, the tempo pace is way faster than I've ever tempoed in my life. <laughs> no more six minute pace tempos. <laughs> no more six minute pace tempos. It's more like five minute pace. I'm like, all right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun because I feel like I don't really think about the, it, you don't have to really think about like the pacing or I don't feel like I really work up in my head these workouts because I do realize like a lot of these women it's taken them time to get to where they are um and honestly just to even do like a few reps with them I'm like oh I had a great day today you know so um 
yeah, I, I feel like I'm just like taking it day by day. Cause I've, and then also we work out in the fall, at least we work out Tuesday, Thursday. So it's a really quick turnaround, which I've never done before. So, um, just trying to like be patient with that and, you know, navigate it and just try to take every day by day. Um, but luckily Jerry's been pretty um, cautious with me. So he hasn't like, just like thrown me to the wolves into, into the deep end, which I do appreciate. Cause I feel like with intensity going up, I don't also want my volume to increase. Um, cause obviously I want to stay healthy and try to be as consistent as I can. Um, so it's been, it's been fun though, just having like a whole group to train with. I feel like I really, really miss that. Cause like, that's the fun part about college too, is just having a bunch of other girls that you're just like doing the same thing with, you know, um, yeah. makes the laps a little less boring. <laughs> yeah. And it must feel good to like be on a team where, you know, there's so much success that's like been had over the past year or two years or obviously more than that, but especially in the last year. Yeah. So I feel like it can only bode well for the future for you, even though it may be like hard at the beginning and you feel like, uh, you can only do a couple reps with them. I'm sure you're going to be like up with them in, I don't know, a couple months from now. Oh, thanks. I hope that would be awesome. <laughs> you, okay. That. You okay. definitely will be. And it's good that, I mean, Jerry knows what he's doing. So yeah, for exactly. those listening, it's really important to really only increase like one thing at a time. So the volume yeah. and intensity, if you want to prevent injuries, that's one way to do it is not just you know, go from 30 to 50 miles and then do start throwing in tempo runs at the same time. That's just a recipe for injury. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good I tip for that, the younger ones. Right. <laughs> definitely learn that in college. It's like, you can't, especially with the first couple of years, I was like, I was trying to increase my mileage, but also like intensity was going up and I got injured. And I mean, it makes sense. So definitely cannot be uh, doing both at the same time. Gotta yeah. choose. <laughs> Did you ever have any really bad injuries? Um, I wouldn't say like really bad, but I did have two stress reactions in my uh, tibia, so my shin, that put me out for like four to six weeks. Um, I had one my freshman year and sophomore year in literally the same exact spot. Um, oh, oh my gosh, so I can only was, imagine the second round of you being like, no, 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 when you yeah, start feeling it. Exactly. When I start feeling it again, and I'm like, no, like, this is not the same feeling. But um, yeah, and honestly, looking back on it, it's a lot of it's, it makes sense, though, because like, especially the second time I just increased my mileage way too quickly. I was like coming back from a break. And, you know, it was already at like, 50 miles like week two, it was just like too much for me, because I've always notoriously been very low mileage like even now I don't run a whole lot um so I think it's just it's a lot of just trial and error I feel like with running like you just have to find your limits and just not push past them um but other than that I've stayed really healthy um it's like really the injuries I get are just like bony which kind of sucks because that puts you out for a lot longer yeah but um at least they're like kind of clear cut I would say I'm like trying to find a positive, <laughs> positive way, but, uh, I don't yeah. think anyone or I don't, I've never heard anyone say, at least my injuries are like bony. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't think I anyone's been like content with bone injuries. No, definitely not. But I feel like with a bony injury, it's like, okay, the, you know, like there's clear stress right here. Take X amount of time off, like, you know, gradually build back up and you're fine where it's like, sometimes, you know, people get planner issues or they get it issues or, I don't know, hip or like muscular things are so just like hard to navigate. It's like, how do you know exactly when it's going to feel better? Like, how do you know what's going to make it feel better? You know, that's actually um, really true. I haven't really thought about it like that. Yeah. And like those like tendon things is like, you can technically run through. It's like super painful. And sometimes maybe like you shouldn't, but like you, you technically can, whereas yeah. like a bony injury, it's like, no, you to not be running through that yeah so. or else you're gonna shatter your bones that is so yeah. true like you can oh it's so bad running through like a muscular like nerve tendon injury it's bad running through any injury and you shouldn't run through any injury. no don't yeah I'm not saying that you should go run through inner <laughs> injuries now we are not advocating for that please don't run through injury take time yeah, off please don't do that <laughs> um okay well kind of speaking on injury do you have like any good recovery tips because people are always asking me for recovery tips I can't uh -huh. say I'm the best like recoverer from things like I just finished up my hour long it was like a moderate run 
and I just laid on the ground. And then now here <laughs> I am sitting. I am eating a salad though. So for those watching on go. video, this amazing salad, this is going to help me recover. But what are your recovery tips? Um, yeah. So usually like, especially on workout days, I like to get some kind of snack in like at least 20 minutes, like within 20 minutes of, um, finishing. Um, and I think any kind of like carb, something with like high carb, high protein in it, um, which can either be like, I don't know, some, most times it's like a granola bar, but, um, and then I also think what's huge for recovery though, is just sleep. And I kid you not like try to get nine to 10 hours a night, which sounds like super Amazing. excessive. It's not excessive. <laughs> That's like good. Yeah. But I, it's like, that has been like the one thing that I've really tried to focus on in the past couple of years. And I feel like it's helped me so much because in the next day I feel like ready not to like get after it. Cause obviously there's some days where, um, I have easy runs and I'm not, you know, getting after it, but I don't feel so lethargic that I like can't even get through an easy run. Um, so I feel like that's been a huge key in my recovery. Um, and then other than that, like, I don't do a whole lot of like stretching after runs or like foam rolling or anything like that. Maybe I should be doing more, but I feel like before runs, I feel like I try to focus on like glute activation and just getting everything warmed up. And I feel like usually that's been help, help me to stay pretty, um, injury free. Um, so yeah, those are like really my, my only tips. <laughs> no, those are good. Um, and I feel like sleep is super overlooked. It is. I mean, people are like, come on, get like, get eight hours of sleep. And everyone knows that basically, but when you're, when you can get like nine hours a night, it's yeah. so ideal. And you really do feel the difference. Like in college, I started getting nine hours a night and I, oh, I felt so good. That with the combination, of, the combination of eating healthy really helped me mm -hmm. like up my recovery game. Yeah, I don't even definitely. think it really like helped my times. I mean, it probably did to a certain extent, but it's like, I more just felt so much more recovered after every session. Mm -hmm. And like you just I, feel better. Like yeah. on the day to day. Yeah. yeah. Like I just had so much more energy and I was like, wow, like this is what it's like when you're like sleeping for nine hours a night. Yeah. I need to get back into that routine. I've been so bad since like leaving college. I'm like, oh, I don't need to anymore. I'm starting to get a little better, but it's pushed down into like the sixes almost, which is pretty Oh my bad. gosh. I know. I'm like, I can run on this, but I think <laughs> I need to get back well, into my nine hours. It helps. When you go to altitude, you will be forced to sleep that much because you'll be so freaking tired. Oh, I'm wanting to go to bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> I'm sure I'm literally going to get destroyed. I don't think I've talked. I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. I'm going to Flagstaff um, with a couple of my guy friends who are professional runners. Um, and I'm just going there for a month to train and I'm going to just get destroyed. I already know. Cause like, I don't good though. I have like a decent base level of fitness at the moment, but it's like, I feel like when I go to altitude camp, usually I'm like somewhat fit, you know? Yeah. It's, or it's like after summer of training. And so I have like a good base of fitness. When you guys go to altitude, do you go kind of like when you're out of shape or do you go in the middle of like a training block? So I've never, well, so I've gone to altitude once. Um, and that was this past summer, but it was like kind of where you're at. Like I was just getting back started into training and went there like pretty unfit. Um, so I definitely think it did like after those four weeks, um, I came back and I felt like if I was at sea level during those four weeks, I, I'm right. If I was at sea level, I would have been eight weeks at where I was at like fitness wise okay. instead of four weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it just kind of, like you said, jump started fitness. Um, and I love Flagstaff too. So I'm really jealous that you're going, but, um, yeah, so this will be my first time, like actually altitude training. Um, and usually they say we go like January 1st for, I don't know, like four to six weeks. And then seems like they go again, like, bef like before summer racing. And then also in the summer, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, Jared, Jerry, like, it's so funny that coming to the group, um, Jerry and I basically discussed nothing like beforehand. It was basically like, okay, I'm going to come join. And he's like, okay, cool. See you in three weeks. And that was like, basically it. But yeah, so he like, didn't really tell me a whole lot about 
I mean, we did talk about things like on my visit about more so just like me and how I would fit into the group and what he sees me doing. But in terms of like logistics things, I'm like, I have no idea. So um, it's all going to be like, I had no idea we worked out Tuesday, Thursday. I found that out. Like, he's like, all right, your next workout is going to be Thursday. I'm like, I just did a workout today. I just, I'm, I'm not recovered yet. <laughs> yeah. Like my watch says I need 72 hours recovery. I cannot yeah. work out tomorrow. <laughs> my Garmin, my Garmin says I need like 72 hours after like an easy run. I'm like, Ooh, I've had those days for sure. Yeah. So Do you trust um, your Garmin in that sense. Um, I don't know. I'm like, cause I, I feel like the Garmin, when it says like that recovery period, it's going off your heart rate. And I'm like, I don't know how accurate the wrist heart rate is. I feel yeah, like if you were wearing it's like, like, it's definitely different. There's definitely, cause I like wore a heart rate strap today on my run and it's a lot different. Okay. Than, not a lot, but it's like, it's good to have the wrist one just to kind of like get somewhat of a gauge, but right. The like chest and today I had some like weird one on my arm that I wore. But it oh, was really? like, it's, yeah, it's similar to a chest one. I okay. I feel like those are more accurate, though, than the wrist ones, so. Yeah, they definitely are. I don't know. But sometimes I'm like, because like today on my run, it said I, my heart rate was like 127. I'm like, there was no way. Because there were definitely parts where I was huffing and puffing. So I'm like, there's like, you know, so. 127 is so low. I think I can like go on a walk. and it's had, I've literally never had a run where my heart rate has been 127. Like that's that's like a brisk walk. Like I'm not even running at that point. I know. I'm like starting my run. And it's like 127. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I think like I said, like those those heart rate, the ones on the chest at least would yeah. probably be a little more accurate. So, but um, yeah. So I'm really curious to see what altitude training is like. Like uh, talking to Shelby, she said like, yeah, basically Jerry doesn't adjust the times for altitude like if we're tempoing at 520 uh, at sea level that's what we're tempoing at 6,000 feet so good I'm luck like, great Chris <laughs> right? says it's hard but I'm sure you could deal with it yeah I'm probably gonna get dropped a lot but you know that's okay because I'm like as long as I I mean I feel like even if I am getting dropped like I'm still getting some stimulus out of it oh, still getting better so I'm not really too like concerned or worried about that. And I'm like, somehow, some way I'm going to get better. And you know, no, <laughs> and we I, will. I do and trust Jerry though. Like, yeah. I feel like he's, he's very strategic with the way he like structures our workouts in the season. And, and obviously he's had an immense amount of success. So I, I don't feel like he would be doing something that would be detrimental to my racing or performance later in the summer. So, yeah. And obviously the other girls have been to altitude so many times. So they, first yeah. of all, they know exactly what to expect and they've already done it so many times that. Yeah. Yeah. That's super nice just to have that. Cause I'm like, I feel like I won't have to go through that like whole trial and error period. Like they can just tell me like, Hey, like I remember like the first week I was here, Courtney was like, yeah, basically all of my runs in between, like, cause we do runs in minutes. She was like, I run like, or like her first year here, she was like, I run like 48 minutes. And that's because like our workout days were running like, you know, 10, anywhere from 10 to 12 miles. Um, and so she's like, I think you just have to be conscious of like your mileage and make sure like those days in between, you're really like taking it easy. Um, and even that has been like so helpful. Cause I'm like, okay, you don't have to like, you know, be running double digits every single day you can, you know, take a day in between to run like super easy. And um, so far it's been, been good. So, um, plus me being like super fragile, I definitely have to be, be careful with mileage. So, yeah. And I feel like running easy is, especially for younger runners is so overlooked. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't really learn how effective it was to run really easy on your recovery days. And then like, obviously your workout days are you're pushing yourself to the limits, but once yeah. you actually take your easy days easy, it makes such a difference in your workouts and your races so definitely for those of you high schoolers running sub sevens on your easy runs I think you should probably stop yeah <laughs> like, you probably should not do that <laughs> I don't think that that's very easy even though I I had very few runs in high school where I was running like sub sevens I yeah. hardly did that I could barely do that in college let's be honest but 
Um, those days were not easy. So maybe yeah. just, it's like, it's not going to hurt you to run eight minute pace on your right. easy days. It's going to help right. you for your workout days. As long as you're pushing your workout days hard. Yeah, that's exactly. what you're going to get out of it. I honestly feel like I like that Jerry does our mileage by minutes. Cause then I feel like, okay, if I'm going for a 56 minute run, it's going to be seven miles regardless of whether I run seven or I run eight that day. And so that like really allows me to run as easy or like, you know, as slow or as I want. So I feel like that's just like something that, cause I did that in, a lot in high school. We would just run for like minutes, which I'm like, that makes so much more sense. Cause then you're not fixated on the pace and it's like, you know, if I'm running for 50 minutes, well, it doesn't matter whether, you know, I run super fast or super slow, like I'm going to be running for the same amount of time. Yeah. So. And different efforts or different like paces can feel like the same effort on different days. Oh, uh, it was yeah. confusing in my head, but <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Like some days it's like you're running eight minute pace and you feel like you're running six flat. <laughs> yeah, actually. So it really but, is about the effort on those days. Yeah. Not definitely. about the paces. Yeah. And it's crazy how much like your body and just things can fluctuate with running too. Like you could just have one of those days just feeling off and there could be no real rhyme or reason to it, but just important to listen to how you're feeling and, you know, just roll with it. Yeah. It is wild how much your body can vary in like how it feels from day to day. I've like really noticed it lately. I, I don't know. My running's been all over the place, but like Sunday I ran Oh, I felt so bad. My legs were <laughs> breaking in half. I was running with Jenny and we uh-huh. were just complaining the whole time about how bad we felt. Um, and then the next day, you know, I was, we were, we probably were running at 830 pace. And then the next day I was like cruising 745 pace. I was like, this feels easy. Like I'm on yeah. top of the world. And it was like literally the same type of run. I don't know why. The body's weird, man. I don't understand it, is it sometimes. Weird. Yeah. You got to respect it though. Cause it needs, sometimes it needs those days where it's just like, we we're just not running fast today yeah it's like all right that's all right <laughs> gotta listen to the bod got to definitely yeah. got to what are um some goals that you have for your professional career so I feel like my main goal is like I want to have as long of a career in the 1500 as possible like if I could have a career like Jenny Simpson has where she's just been so consistent and so dominant in the 1500 um and I say like ideally I'd like to go through like three Olympic cycles like next year being like the first one so I'd say that's like one huge goal of mine um and then also making you know Olympic teams world teams um just I guess making every team here on out (laughs) um and then uh don't tell Shelby this but I want to break the American record (laughs) I mean, everyone's going for that record. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I'm like, this is fair. Yeah. But, yeah don't, tell, would... don't tell Shelby this. <laughs> don't tell Shelby this. Shelby, if you're listening. But I'm her American record. Yeah. What is, the, what is that record? She ran 354. I don't know what the milliseconds oh, were, but goodness. she ran 354 at uh, Doha last year. So got my work cut out for me for sure. And she'll probably run faster. Yeah, she'll definitely oh. run faster too within the next few years so yeah what's your PR right now uh 403 okay that's smoking fast too yeah I got I still got some got some time to shave off for sure you only have to shave off nine seconds oh yeah, that, my gosh and it's like nine it's, seconds and you're already so close to the four minute mark oh you got it though I believe in you <laughs> right I think you already ran that fast and you're so young it's like you have so many more years yeah hopefully I mean I guess I think like being here and training with someone of Shelby's caliber too is just in and of itself uh, such a good opportunity and like why wouldn't I go train with the American record holder in my event so exactly the opportunity presents itself why not Mm -hmm. and (laughs) like being in this group I feel like I understand more why they're so successful is like not only is Jerry a good coach and you know the workouts they do are good and stuff but everyone has the same mindset and everyone's on the same page about what they're doing and why we're here. Um, and has like the same like intensity and seriousness about training. And I feel like that alone just creates this culture where it just, you can just thrive off of that. 
um, because everyone wants to be the best. um, And it makes it a lot easier to do all the right things to be the best. So yeah, it's exciting. Do you think it gets like super competitive? Um, I would assume so. Like, obviously, I I haven't been here that long. But like, when you put a bunch of highly competitive, really good women together, like, I'm sure there's got to be some kind of you know, competitiveness, whether it's in practice or in racing and stuff. But I do feel like we're all like mature enough to not have it affect like our relationships with each other. And I feel like though, you know, like Courtney and Colleen are both running the same event, you know, trying to do the same things. I still don't feel like they're ever going to be like, like catty with each other, like mad at each other if one beats the other you know um and I think that is something that is special also about this group is like yeah we're all teammates and we're all basically running the same events and trying to do the same things but we can still all bond and still all get along um regardless of the outcome of a workout or a race so yeah and that's super rare to find, obviously, in a professional team because I'm sure yeah it's like money's involved now too like it just makes it's just a lot different than college and you're not, I mean, it's more individual when you're professional. So it's nice to like see a group thriving in that element with such talented runners. So I think you guys have really nailed down what it means to be like a professional running team that simulates like a team environment. Uh Oh, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. Okay. Sorry. You were just frozen (laughs) like this on the screen. I was just like, uh, Emma, <laughs> you just froze for a second. <laughs> okay. We're having uh, so many technical issues. Right I now. know. I know. Anyone like listening to this is like, what is going on? There has been technical <laughs> issues. This is not, hasn't happened at all. So I'm glad it's happening though with you because we're like friends. So it's not, it's not that awkward. <laughs> it's not awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you almost made it to Doha. That was such an exciting race Were you, like, did you want to make it? Was that the goal? Or were you, were you kind of surprised that you got that close? Because that's top three at USA's for those. Yeah. Um, I, I was, like, a little bit surprised. But at the same time, I went into the race, like, I literally thought I could beat Shelby and Jenny. And, and I feel like I kind of had to have that naive <laughs> approach to it to actually have a good race. Because... I feel like, especially when you look up for, to someone like Jenny for so long or like Shelby, it's like really easy to get on the start line and kind of already essentially lose the race. Cause you're like, well, I'm not going to beat them. Um, and so I like definitely went into that race and approached it with this mindset. Like there's no one out here better than me. Obviously. Yes, there are, you know, but like I went into that race thinking like I have a shot at making this team any, just as much as anyone else does. Um, but I definitely did not realize like, like the physicality in that race was so new to me. I had no idea. Cause I mean, at that point you're racing for a national team, you're racing for bonuses. So it's like a lot more is on the line than just like in college, like winning a race, like, even, even NCAAs, it's like, okay, you just get to have like a trophy and you get to have like, <laughs> bragging exactly. rights. Yeah. Some bragging rights. But other than that, it's like, it's not really that much like where this could be like a few grand on the line and this could be a chance to represent your country on you know the biggest stage so um I was not prepared for that and I felt like during the entire race I was just getting like tossed around and just kind of like shoved to the back and I was just like letting people kind of cut me off and um it was wild like it was a fun race because I felt like I didn't feel like I was racing the entire time so I was just like I was just like, what is going on? Like, I feel like I'm like in the boxing ring, you know, but it was, it was fun though. Cause I've never been in like a situation like that. Um, and I definitely feel like I learned a lot from that, but I did realize like I had to be in striking position with 500 meters to go. And I wasn't, I was in like ninth place. And at that point, I'm not going to outkick Shelby. I'm not going to outkick Jenny. I'm not even going to out. I'm like not going to outkick most of the field, you know, cause they're all running just as fast or faster than me. Um, so I think I learned a lot from that race. Obviously it was upsetting to be so close to missing the team, but at the same time, it was like, that was my first national race. Like I did not, like if you would have told me 
even in the beginning of the year that I was going to get fourth at USA's didn't just nearly miss out on the team. I'm like, you're crazy. So it was fun. Like I definitely had a lot of takeaways from it. Um, and it makes me excited to like be back in that position. Cause I feel like with a little bit more experience, like I can make a team. So. Oh, a hundred percent. And you said that like, you didn't have the kick to outkick people, but you still ended up fourth. Like you obviously outkicked a huge majority of the field. And that yeah. last lap was crazy. So <laughs> I know that was wild. I remember like the home stretch, like Nikki's like coming up right here and Kate Grace. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I was trying so at that point, you're like trying so hard too. And you can like just see like the grimace on our faces at the end of the at the that's like one of my favorite pictures. All of us just like like gritting our teeth and I can like picture cool. it in my head right now. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That was such a fun race to watch. I was there in the sidelines. Oh yeah. <laughs> up and away. No, it was fun. And, and I don't know, it's going to be exciting to see how you do over the next couple of years. Cause I'm sure you're going to make massive improvements because you're already doing so well, like in the rookie years, you know, of professional running and like okay. the, bo- the, <laughs> the boxing thing definitely boxing. like will take some getting used to, but I'm sure like, I don't know, probably even in this next year, it's going to be something that's very normal to you hopefully it's not hopefully it's not that normal hopefully you're not boxing in the rings every race (laughs) but at those like at least you have some experience you know going into it yeah yeah I definitely realize it's more about just like standing your ground and just kind of not like letting people you know let's say like cut you off or like whatever so um but at the same time it's like I don't I'm like I was just so new and I was like I but like this is so foreign to me like I didn't know this happened yeah who knew running was so physical and you can't like even for me being in the stands I you could tell like a little bit like some bows are being but thrown but you can't yeah. I don't think you can get the true like actual experience unless you're in the race yeah while and it's it might, happening right and it might be something as small as just like a little trip up but like even something small like that can like totally throw you off um so you just have to be like aware and I think everyone's just like fighting for a position but then also like doesn't want to get boxed in but doesn't want to um like be out on lane two um so there's like a lot of angst um during that race the 1500 is like such a stressful race especially when you're going that fast too because it's like yeah I don't know what lap splits are you running 60 it's like 64 yeah yeah so once you're going that fast like if someone trips up, it's like you're running almost at full momentum. So it, it, there's a lot of anxiety in the race. Yeah, definitely. And it goes by so quick, too. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, it's like bell lap. I'm like, wait, we just started. Yeah, for <laughs> like real. It's like four minutes goes by pretty quickly. So, But it's such a fun race, though. I feel like I just love the – I love the, the mixture of, like, strength and then, like, speed within that race. And it's, like, enough time to, like, like tactically race somebody – Cause I feel like in, like with an 800, it's like you go out from the gun and you're just hanging on the entire race. At least yeah. that's how I feel. Oh, that's I think I that's how everyone, I think that's how everyone feels. Like the 1500 yeah. is a comfortable sprint, you know? Exactly. The 800 yeah. is a very uncomfortable, sp- absolute all out sprint for Yeah. Two and minutes. you never, you never finish feeling good. It's like in 1500, you can like finish feeling good and strong. Yeah, you finish, yeah, good and strong. Like you're coming down the home stretch. You're like, oh, I'm going to outkick people. But then in the 800, right. it's like just the lactic acid flooding the body. You're going backwards. You're yep. just trying to make it to the finish line. Why does that happen? It's like, it's not that different of an event. I don't understand. I know. I don't get it. I know. I feel like every time I do an 800, the, the last 100, I just completely black out. I don't even remember like that last part. <laughs> I think that's the right way to run an 800. The only person, or not, probably not the only person, but Raven Rogers is like someone that I feel like accelerates down the home stretch. And I'm like, how yeah. are you accelerating? Everyone else is like, Go backwards, yeah. walking. Your back's arch. You're like swimming, you know. And she just looks like perfect, just running down. And it's like, what the heck? I don't understand. I'm jealous. Yeah. Do you prefer you the mile or the fifteen hundred, or do you think it's like a similar event, or do you think it's a lot different? No, I think it's so different. Like even that extra hundred and nine meters. It sounds weird to say like it's long, like it's so much longer but it does feel like a completely different event when you're running it. Um, I feel like the mile has like way more of a strength component to it than does the 1500. I feel like the 1500 is more like speedier, which obviously makes sense because it's shorter, but I do prefer the 1500 more. 
I just, I like starting on a straightaway. I think that's so fun. I think that's what makes the difference, honestly. Yeah. Like, there's something about running the mile that kind of like irks me in that way. It, but yeah. it's so true. I, every 1500 runner I've talked to has said the same thing. Like the mile has like a bigger strength element to it. Like there's not as much, you know, speed or like gear sw- switches. No. Yeah. It feels like, I feel like it, it runs more like a 2K. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It it's weird. literally only 100 <laughs> meters longer. I, I know. Understand. I'm like, I wonder if that's just like a, um, like, you know, a 1500 milers, just like a mental aspect of things. I think so. I I'm think like, so. it's sure just like in our head, but it just feels so much longer. Yeah. Like, you talk I, to any, uh, you talk to any 3k runner that comes down, they're like, oh, the mile is so fast. I'm like, yeah. oh, the mile is slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. Yeah. I know the mindset is just, it's so different. Yeah different events so do you think you'll ever move up in distance because obviously Shelby has yeah I think joining this group uh it's inevitable um which I'm not like opposed to but I definitely I feel like I want to run the 1500 for as long as I can be competitive in it and I don't see a reason to move up unless like I'm no longer relevant in the 1500 per se. Like I don't want to just run five K's because I'm getting stronger, you know what I mean? So like, um, and then also I think I have a lot more room to improve in the 800 too. Um, so I, I hope that like, especially having Kate there and then Gabriella, I mean, even Shelby's run 159 too. So having like some more speedier people too, which I think will help that. And, um, yeah, I just, I know I'm like, Oh, I don't want to run five K's, but if, if that means I can medal at a world championship or an Olympic games, like, of course I would run a five K. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the 1500 so much that I want that to be my event. And I ideally would like to like retire only running 1500s. Um, but we'll see. So yeah. I'm Shelby, sure Shelby probably said the same thing coming out. Of I'm sure she did. Yeah. But the only difference the, between me and her, like she ran five K's in college and I oh. never did. So I'm like, maybe Jerry will realize like, I'm just not a five K runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll train like one, but I don't want to race one. <laughs> well, we're oh. all excited to watch your professional career. It's just oh, beginning. Thanks. You've already done so well, but I'm excited to follow you and continue watching your journey and cheer you on. This Yay. next year, the new <laughs> Hayward you. Field. I know. I'm so excited about yeah. that new stadium. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So, well, thanks for coming things. on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, where can that people follow you? I'm sure they want to now after listening um, to this outstanding episode. <laughs> so I'm on Instagram. It's just Sid and Claire Johnson, all one word. Um, and that's prim- primarily where I uh, – do my social media. I do have a Twitter, but I don't really use it unless <laughs> I use it I for like <laughs> every single person that? has said that. Yeah. Every single person like I have Twitter, but I don't use it. So yeah. But well, Graham I is the go-to. It, right. I have it more so for like news and stuff. That's yeah. right. I read a lot of news. Um, but I, I don't like, I'm not, t- I don't tweet things. So, <laughs> so no and, need to follow. <laughs> yeah. No need to follow. Twitter's also fun to just like read memes and oh twitter's hilarious <laughs> on twitter yeah i don't really tweet that much either but i just like to have it for to make me laugh you know yeah, get a good old exactly. chuckle every once in a while ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah um just awesome. like that <laughs> yeah just like that. that's what i do in my bed you know when i'm scrolling through <laughs> <laughs> um cool well thanks for coming on to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas peace out fellas <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. Today's supporter shout out goes to Justin S. Thank you, Justin, for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in supporting, it really helps me out a lot and super easy just through the Anchor platform. The link is in the show notes. Also, if you want to support the podcast for free, it means so much to me if you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing you guys' feedback and it just helps grow the podcast organically. So I really appreciate anyone that takes the time to rate and review. Go follow Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram if you want to be up to date or submit listener questions. 
and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.